women of all ages, so you do not want to miss out. If you have not signed up yet, go to fbccookville.org slash cultivate and sign up there. You can also sign up by calling the church office. On Tuesday night, the men will be gathering for our annual beef and bacon night. There will be steaks and a great side items and, of course, bacon. You do not want to miss this great opportunity to fellowship with other men. The feasting will begin at 6 p.m. If you are coming, sign up by calling the church office at 931-526-7108. My last announcement is our new Pray Give Go partner for this month, which is the Cookville Pregnancy Clinic. The CPC does incredible work with families in our community that are going through a really difficult time. I'd encourage you to look at your chronicles today and see how you can pray, give, and go to this impactful ministry. That's all the announcements I have for today. Here at FPC, our vision is that every person would desire God, be discipled, and devote themselves to serve. One way we are doing that this year is by doing a chronological reading plan as a church. Whether you've been on the plan with us from the beginning or you, or you are just now hearing about it, I'd encourage you to pick up where we are and commit to studying the Bible with us. If you would like that plan, you can pick them up in the Welcome Center in the lobby outside the sanctuary. I pray that this service would play a part in that vision and help you live for Christ in your day-to-day life. Thank you. Under the discipleship of Miss Kim Wood, who is behind me, and uh, Kim's been uh, shared shared Jesus with her, and and uh, Jessica said, you know, I want to I want a life change, I want to live for Jesus, and she's passionate about her walk with Christ, and I'm excited for Jessica, and uh, Jessica, tell the church your full Christian name. Jessica and San Filippo. Jessica and San Filippo, have you truly trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And do you want to follow him for the rest of your life? Yes, I do. Well, my sister, it is a privilege to baptize you. And I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're buried with him in baptism. Raised to walk in newness of life. Amen. This is my brother, Bill. Uh, Bill, how long you lived in Cookville? Three years. Three years. And uh, Bill, Bill, about how many years ago was it when you were baptized? Uh, ten. About ten years ago, 2010, uh, he told me. Uh, Bill, Bill went to church, and, and he got baptized, and, and he more or less did something as a kind of a hope to fix a marriage and to, to kind of patch things up, and earthly speaking, and, and get right in the eyes of some people. But Bill didn't have a relationship with Jesus. 
And he was trying to go about it in his own way and, and just trying to do a religious check-the-box kind of mentality. But Bill uh, was witnessed to by one of our members, and uh, Bill uh, heard the gospel, and, and he saw the gospel before him displayed. And Bill gave his life to Jesus, what, about two weeks ago now? Two weeks ago. So uh, Bill, Bill's on a new track, and he's walking with the Lord, and he wanted to get his baptism right with his salvation. So, Bill, have you tru- what's your full Christian name? William Arthur Welch. William Arthur Welch, a.k.a. Wild Bill... Just Bill. Just Bill. Good. Uh, Bill, Bill's, uh, Bill, Bill, have you truly trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I have. Well, my brother, uh, do, you, do you desire to walk for him and with him for the balance of your life? Is that your desire? It is. Well, my brother, it's a privilege to baptize you. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in baptism. Raised to walk in newness of life. Amen. There is absolutely no higher moment than watching people come to Christ, being a part of their life and journey, and being able to be a part of their baptism. Church, we, we can celebrate that together. Amen? I'm going to turn it over to Philip. I, I think he's going to give us some announcements. Philip? Real, real quick announcement. They, uh, I can't top baptism. That's that's incredible. Um, what a what an awesome way, as Scott said, to to open our service today. But uh, this morning, the only announcements I've got is uh, the blue card that's in front of you. Uh, if you're a guest with us today, we're excited to have you here. Uh, we would love to get to know you a little bit more and just walk through life with you, help you out in any way, and just be praying for you. Um, so on one side, there's uh, some information. If you'd fill that out, um, like I said, we would love to love to get to know you a little bit more. On the other side, there's a prayer request uh, for, for anybody in here. If uh, there's something that, that you're going through that you'd like prayer for, um, please fill that out. And then drop this in the offering bucket as it comes by. Uh, that's, uh, like I said, that's all I've got. So go ahead and uh, stand up and uh, find someone you don't know and shake their hands.
wonderful day that you've given us, God. Lord, I pray that this morning you would show us your glory, that you would reveal yourself to us, God. Show us more of who you are. Lord, help us know you. God, as we continue to sing, I pray that we would worship you and be thankful for what you've done for us, God. In Christ's name, amen.
sing this next song, let's think about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who came, who was sent to die in the place that we should have died. And so let's sing about His beauty and His purity and His holiness now as we sing Ferris, Lord Jesus.
sing that this morning and we mean that. God, we pray that forever you would be ours. God, that forever we could behold your beauty, we could know you and rejoice in who you are. Be thankful for what you have done for us, God. Lord, as we continue in the service, I pray that our hearts and our ears would be open to the music that we are going to sing, to Scott's message. God, I pray that you would open our hearts. Help us receive you and know who you are. God, we thank you, we praise you, and I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated.
Well, good morning. Turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37 will be our text for today. Titled this sermon, Waiting and Watching. I want to focus on the life of Joseph this morning. And uh, what an amazing story we have in Joseph. I I love this story. It's probably uh, one of my favorites in all of the Bible. And uh, I really would like to take the time this morning, honestly, to read chapter 37 through chapter 50. But that would take our whole time. So I won't do that. I'll, I'll trust that, that you have read. Hopefully you're, you're journeying along with us as a, as, a, as a person this year. You've committed to read the Word of God. We as a church are reading God's Word chronologically. And I'd like to invite you on board with us to do that this year. You may say, well, Scott, you know, look, I, I've just, I've not begun that, and I know I should have, but man, life's just happened. I get it. We're going to start in Job this week. You pick right up. You've just missed one book, Genesis. We can get that later. But what, what I want you to understand is, too, the wheels might have fallen off the bus this week. Somebody's life could have just had a train wreck, and you didn't get it done. It's okay. We'll get back in the Word together and cont- continue to consistently read through the Word this year. It's, it's exciting. It's exciting to go to small groups and talk about it. It's exciting to hear the, the conversations around the church. Just uh, delving into God's Word together is, is really, really special and cool. So uh, today we're going to talk about Joseph. And we're going to talk about a life of watching and waiting. And uh, we learned something from Joseph in this. And we learned something even greater than just learning about Joseph. We're going to learn something awesome about God this morning. So uh, and that's always the point of the story, is what God's doing in, in and through the life of the individual we're talking about, or what He's doing in our own lives. And I pray that as we relate that this morning, that it hits home in your heart. Um, there's going to be in my life, and there's going to be in your life, high, moment, high moments, and there's going to be low moments. There's going to be good times. There's going to be tough times. There are times in life that are just hard. I mean, I'm in the ministry of the gospel thus far in my life. I've had the privilege of walking through some of the most incredible moments of life, experiencing some of the greatest highs and and, and joys with with folks. I mean, just celebrating life. And those are great times. I mean, you, you go from baptism and births and, and just job promotions and, Kids doing well. I mean, you, just, you experience great moments in life. Those are good times. And then there are times in life that, I mean, just train wrecks. I mean, life just happens and, and things hurt and, and you have some horrible moments and you're like, will I ever get through this? I mean, it's just tough. I want to say on the very front side of this, hang on. Hang on. We're going to learn something this morning. Hang on. It. it one of the things that was told to me many, many years ago that's never left me is this darkest just before the dawn. And if you've ever sat and watched sunrises, you know what I'm talking about. You, you know, it's just so dark right before the dawn. But when the dawn comes, uh, the light begins to shine. And there's a light at the end of every tunnel, and you just pray it's not a train. Okay? You know what I'm talking about, folks. Uh, so we, we do life, we live life, but we have high moments, we have low moments in life. And, and, and there are times of great difficulty in times of great joy. I want to show you what God's Word has to say about that this morning. Through the life of Joseph, 
to your life and to mine. I want to point out two things this morning we learned from Joseph. We, we learned that he was a man who watched and waited through the hard times of life. And he was a man who watched and waited during the high times of life. Th- those two things I want to focus on this morning. So if you've turned in your Bibles to uh, Genesis chapter 37, I invite you to stand with me and let's read God's Word together. Genesis chapter 37. Word of God says, Now Jacob lived in the land where his father had sojourned, in the land of Canaan. These are the records of the generations of Jacob. Joseph, when he was 17 years of age, was pasturing the flock with his brothers while he was still a youth, along with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought back a report, a bad report, about them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a very colored tunic. His brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, and so they hated him and could, could not speak to him on friendly terms. Then Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers... They hated him even more. He said to them, Please listen to this dream which I have had. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheaf rose up and also stood erect. And behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. Then his brothers said to him, Are you actually going to reign over us? Are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Now he had still another dream and related it to his brothers and said, Lo, I've had still another dream. And behold, the sun and the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. He related it to his father and to his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have had? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come and bow ourselves down before you to the ground? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in his mind. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, for the very privilege to come before you, to stand this morning in your presence and to hear your word. God, I thank you for the the fact that you have preserved your word throughout all the generations. You have have spoken a word of truth, and you're speaking it to our hearts this morning. God, I pray that as we stand before you, as we sit before this teaching this morning, that Lord, where uh, correction needs to come, conviction needs to come, conversion needs to come, God, I pray that you move in our lives and let us respond rightly to you and what you're doing in our life. Father, we know each of us know well what the high times are like in life and the low times of life are like. So, Lord, help us understand what you want to teach us from the life of Joseph this morning. Lord, let us also focus greatly on the character of in which you display before us today. Thank you for appointing this time, Lord, for us to gather in your presence and study your word. Lord, I pray that you would anoint me with the power to speak your word in truth and let it touch the lives of those whom you love. In Christ's name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. So two, just two things we want to talk about this morning as we uh, unfold what Scripture is showing us. Joseph models to us the value of watching and waiting through the hard times of life. Joseph was the oldest son of Jacob and Rachel. 
So that meant that he, he was the oldest of Jacob and Rachel, but not the oldest son in the order. There were ten other brothers that had been born before him. There was Jacob, and then there was, I mean, there was Joseph, and then there was Benjamin, but they were of, of Rachel, and the others were of, of handmaids, of maidens, and, and of his other, uh, Joseph's, uh, Jacob's other wife, Leah. So we, we see that there's ten brothers before him, and culturally speaking, Joseph would not be in the ranks for anybody to bow down to. He would be uh, the lower tier by far, that the older would be the the leaders of the family. And uh, Joseph shared this dream with his brothers, and they did not like it at all. And Joseph was the guy, like the guy that some of you know in your life, he was the guy that was loved and, and seemingly, to, from their perspective, loved more than they were by their father. And, and I'm sure he was the dude that got away with more and got the best presents, because we know he got the best present, but he probably got away with more growing up, you know, just didn't get disciplined as hard. And, and them boys had it out for him. I mean, really and truly, they had it out for him. They didn't like him. Uh, that he frustrated them, and, and he added frustration to their frustration when he came before them and shared this dream that he had. Now, Joseph arguably uh, handled the problem, uh, handled the situation kind of problematically. He, he probably handled it with a little bit of pride. He, he, as he walked before his brothers and, and shared this dream, uh, you can imagine that being 17 years old, uh, he, he probably positioned himself with his older brothers to have it all figured out. Have you ever dealt with 17-year-olds? You kind of know what I'm talking about. I, I'm, I recognize that a lady told me, a guy told me one time, he said, my daughter is the smartest girl you've ever met in your life, and if you don't believe it, just ask her. She was about 18 years old. I mean, I'm telling you, when I was 16, 17, 18 years old, I thought I had everything figured out. The older I get, the more I realize I didn't have anything figured out. Uh, I, I'm still figuring it out. I'm, I'm learning that I need, a, I need to learn a whole lot more. And I'm speaking to the folks that are, that are younger, and, and yes, you've got a lot figured out, but not everything. And, and Joseph didn't have everything figured out. He probably thought he had a lot of things figured out. And he probably thought that when he spoke, his brothers should have responded differently. But he spoke in a way that probably had a little arrogance to him and a little bit of pride. And, and uh, boy, they, they were ready to set him in his place. He was viewed by them, I'm certain, as a dreamer out of touch with reality. But as we look at this, we have to recognize that Joseph was a man who was spiritually in tune to the Father. Joseph was in a position, obviously he positioned his life to where he could hear the Word of God. He could position himself by being faithful and being a servant of God. He had positioned himself where when God spoke, Joseph heard it. But Joseph heard it through a dream. He, he recognized that it wasn't just a dream. It, it wasn't something that was just a fleeting thought. He recognized that that dream was of great significance, that God had spoken into his heart. I want you to grasp this this morning, church. If we position ourselves in surrender to God, if we live longing for Him in relationship, and we position ourselves rightly before God, we are sensitive. We're, we're in a much better place to be sensitive to God speaking into our heart. God will speak to us things that matter. He, he'll guide us. The Holy Spirit of God lives and resides in every single believer. 
And the Holy Spirit of God, according to Scripture, is our comforter and our guide. So we've got, we've got God living in us, and, and God's not silently living inside of us. But if we are distancing ourselves from the will of God, if we're not surrendering ourselves to the mighty hand of God, we'll miss when God speaks. Joseph was positioning himself to where he could hear the word of God. And when God spoke, Joseph got it. It wasn't just a dream. It was God speaking into his heart, a reality that he thought needed to be communicated. So we see Joseph communicate this this uh, dream to his brothers. He brings it out and he shares it with them. Now, Joseph, as I said, was not the favorite son among the sons. He was the favorite among his father, but he was not favored among the other brothers. So his siblings, they didn't have much use for him. I just want to run through a list. If we were to read from chapter 37 to chapter 50, we would pick up on some realities that Joseph dealt with. I want to look through those and and contemplate them just for a moment because Jacob uh, was, uh, he, he was the father that loved Joseph, but he was disliked. Joseph was greatly disliked by his brothers and sisters. Not only was he disliked, he was ridiculed by them. He was... Uh, deserted by them. I mean, he, they, they threw him in a pit and left him. I mean, boy, that'll make you feel good about your family, right? And if that weren't enough, they, they didn't just throw him in a pit and forget about him. They, they sold him into slavery. They, they, they put a price on his head with the Midianites and sold him into slavery. He was exposed in a, in a distant land to great sexual temptation. And I must say he had greater integrity than, than most. But he held himself well, and he was forgotten about when he helped other people. He helped, he helped people along the way, and they, they just forgot about him. They forgot what he did for them. He lied. He was lied to or lied about. Uh, you know, we got Potiphar's wife lying about him. we got his, his brothers lying about what happened to him. So there was lies told about him. He was imprisoned unjustly separated from his family for what probably seemed like forever to him. Uh, he probably never anticipated being back with his family. I- any one of those would be enough to set us in a place of great despair. Any one of those in my life or your life would be enough to, to cause us great turmoil and struggle in our life. I mean, wouldn't you agree with me? If, if, if you were lied about, if, if you were sold for a price, if you were distanced from your family and your home and lost your home, if you were, if you were put into prison unjustly, if these things happen in your life, they would mark you, they would, they would hurt you. But we see in Joseph's life that every setback became a step forward. Every setback, don't miss that, every setback in Joseph's life became an opportunity for Joseph to step forward in a relationship with God. He set himself in a position where he could move with God, move forward with God, be strengthened by God instead of being set back. Now, God entrusted to Joseph a, a very important message, no doubt. T- time would come that would reveal that the message that God gave him would become truth where they did bow down to him, but that time must have seemed like an eternity to Joseph because he was 17 when this first occurred, 
and we know there were many years that passed. He, he, he was old enough to have gotten married and had children, and he had served several years in prison. So we, we see a journey of his life as he walks through this, these tough times in life. But Joseph displayed consistency. He, he was consistent in his spiritual journey with God. See, Joseph grasped a truth. There was a truth that was revealed to Joseph. Don't, don't miss this, church. God revealed to Joseph a truth. And Joseph embraced that truth. And it defined every moment of his life. We miss it right here many times. We, we miss that God's established a truth in our life to hold on to. He, he is making it through the hard times because he's got help from the Lord. See, when, when we recognize that there's truth for us to hold on to, then we can handle the hard times in a different way than if we don't have a truth that's founding our life. Joseph was founded on a truth that God had given him. God's given you truths. God's given me truths. God in, in, he intricately designed you and me in our, mo- in our mother's womb. Before our parents even knew about it, he, he brought us... He fashioned us. He, he brought us together so uniquely. And he purposed and planned a, a, our life. He said it for And he says, you know, I made you in my very own image. So he impressed upon us his image. He, he tells us these things. He, he promises us these things. Our, our sin has marred that image and, and messed up that image. But, but God says, you know what I'm going to do about that? I've got a response to that. I'm going to redeem my very own image in you because I am a redeemer. And we see him as this spectacular creator in the book of Genesis. We, we understand that since he is spectacular creator, he is the supreme ruler. He's able to make the rules because he created it all. And if he can make the rules, he can judge the rules, so he becomes a sovereign judge. But above all, he is a savior and redeemer. And he says, I want to redeem you. I'm going to make a difference in your life. And I, this is a spiritual truth that I'm, a, I'm establishing in you. He says, I've got a purpose and a plan for you. He says, I tell you what. All those who call upon my name shall be saved. Scripture tells us that that is a truth of the gospel that God says when we call upon him, when we surrender our life to him, he saves us. And the moment he saves us, he begins to redeem his image in us. He begins to sanctify us. That's make us more like him. Jesus said that if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. He says, if you wish to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you're the one who will find it. So the truth of Scripture is that we find ourselves in great need, longing because of sin in our life and separation from a Father who wants to redeem us. And when he redeems us, he makes a difference in our life. We deny ourselves, we take up our cross, and we follow him. And as we follow him, we walk closer in sanctification to him. And then we've got this spiritual truth, ladies and gentlemen, don't miss this one, that God says, I have a place for you. I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I prepare a place for you, I will come and get you. I'll receive you to myself. Where I am, there you'll be also. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. Jesus says, I'm going and I'm coming again. And we've got that as a, as a spiritual truth and a reality in our life. So here Joseph says, man, I hung on to something. God spoke something in my life. And I hung on to it. 
And he went through the hard times, and he made it to the high times. You and I, we can walk through the hard times knowing there's a high time. We can hold on to a spiritual truth. I don't care what your circumstances are like. I know you'll have hard moments. You're either going into a valley or you just came out of one in life. That's just the way we are. I will tell you this, though. I love this. I, I was sitting one day thinking. I was, looking, I was in Colorado one day, and I was on top of a mountain. I was about 12,000 feet, and I was, I was elk hunting. I've, I've never done that, but once I'd, I'd love to do that again. It was an amazing time. I was sitting there on top of this mountain, and I was overlooking this huge valley. I could see Wyoming from where I was sitting, and, and I was a long ways away. But I was sitting there on top, and I was looking at these mountain peaks, and I was looking at those valleys, and then the mountain peaks, and then the valleys. You know what I noticed there? Nothing was growing on the mountain peaks. But everything was growing in the valleys. Sometimes, quite often in my life, I'm sure quite often in years, God carries us through a valley. Why? Because that's where we grow. I love the mountain peak. I do. But I recognize I have to go through the valley if I'm going to grow. So we, we, we have the spiritual truths that God has told us. And Joseph had a spiritual truth that he, that he held on to regardless of what was going on in his life. He had a whole lot of things that, that were going on. But this is where we miss it a lot of times. He was consistent. He was spiritually walking with the Lord because he had a truth in his life that he held on to. Many of us miss it right there. We get caught up in our life. We get caught up in our, our circumstances and we short-step God. In fact, we don't, we don't like where we are. We, we, we go to fighting for our own way, and, and, and we, won't, we, we demand things our way. And when we can see that many people in Scripture short-step God, and it didn't work. But Joseph, we see a man who says, you know what, I've got a truth. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm going to trust God to work it out in my life. So he begins to walk through the process to see it all work out. A lot of times we... We just rise up and fight to get our own way. But we, we know, I, I want you to get this. If you don't get anything else out of this message, I want you to get this, folks. God, God's dealing with my heart about it. He's dealing with your heart about it. I want you to see in the life of Joseph this right here. He'll take us from where we are to where he wants us to be if we'll surrender our life to him and follow his lordship and leadership in our life. I want you to see that in Joseph's life. I don't want you to just see it there. I want you to think about Paul. Oh, Paul, he got it. You know, he, he had, he'd been on, on a journey plowing his own course for a while, and God stopped him on the road to Damascus, blinded him, and discipled him, and gave him a message. And Paul went through prison and through being beaten and left for dead and all kinds of problems. Paul walked through a struggle in life, but he had a truth from God that he held on to. He held on to the truth of God. He pursued God, and we see what Paul says. Romans chapter 8 will be on the screen. I want, I want you to see what Paul reveals to us. You probably know this very well. Verse 28 says this, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good, to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Well, what a spiritual truth we have there, folks. And then if we continue to read in verse 35, it says, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? All of us have experienced some difficult times, and that's what Paul's talking about. He's been the hardest things that come to you, the, the most devastating blows you can have in life. What will separate us from the love of God? He says in verse 36, Just as it is written, 
For your sake we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep being led to slaughter. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly, not, not barely, not almost, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of Christ the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What an amazing text we have there. I mean, we've got the truth of Scripture. Paul says, man, I've seen this stuff work out. I'm convinced. I'm overwhelmingly convinced. Joseph says, I'm convinced. We've got, we got many witnesses. We could go through the witnesses of Scripture that were convinced. They had a spiritual truth. They understood the Word of God spoke and meant reality for them. They embraced it regardless of their current circumstance or situation. They knew that God would carry them through. So we, we see that in Paul's life. And, and we know that if, if we just look at Genesis chapter 50, there at the end of our the, 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 the story of Joseph, it's, we see that it works out. Genesis chapter 50 verse 20 says this. It says, as for you, talking to his brothers, this is Joseph speaking, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. So therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. So he comforted them with this. He comforted them and spoke kindly to them. So we see that, that, that Joseph gets it, man. He gets it. He says, here... This is, this is what's happened, okay? I look back now. I've got the, I've got the blessing of history. There's, there is a blessing to history. When you've walked with Jesus, you've got a blessing of history. I, I, I personally have a blessing of history. I've got some things that God's done in my life that I can go back to, man, when the world just doesn't make sense, when, I, when I'm losing ground, when, I, when I'm struggling, because we all struggle. We all have Difficult days. When, when we hit a difficult spot, I can go back to, to this day and this day and this day and this day in my life. I can look back to those days and say, oh, but God was there. God did that. I know there's a God in heaven. Those things happen. And only God could do those things. There's no doubt in my mind that God is alive and well. So we, we have those spiritual moments, and that's what, that's what Joseph's doing. He said, oh, man, look, you meant this for evil. You sold me to slavery. Just barely by the nap of my neck spared my life. You, you, were, you were ready to kill me. You sold me into slavery thinking you were done with me. You'd never see me again. And God took what you did for evil and he made it good. He blessed out of it. A lot of evil in this world, amen? So we understand that these events that were working out in Joseph's life, he, en he endured them, and they, they, they serve as examples to me and to you, strengthening us in our walk so that we can walk more fully and faithfully for God, knowing that God has a plan. And, and while I'm talking about a plan, let's look at Jeremiah 29. Many of you know this one. Verse 11 says this, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I'll, give, I'll listen to you. You will seek me 
and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I will restore your fortunes and will gather you from the, all the nations and from all the places where I've driven you, declares the Lord. I will bring you back to the place from where I sent you into exile. What spiritual truth? What a reality. God says, I've got, a, I've got a purpose for you. When I created you, I numbered the days of your life. I had a purpose and a plan for you. Do you want the plan of God to work out in your life? you want to live in His purpose or yours? I came to realize in 2003, June the 23rd, my plan wasn't near as good as His. So I came to the end of my plan, and I allowed Him to take over. I'm not the... I'm not sitting in the driver's seat and he's the co-captain. I'm in the back seat and he's driving. I want him to lead. I want him to show me the way. I want, I want what Joshua wanted when, when Joshua realized, man, when I led out in front of God, it didn't work. But every time God went before me, he cleared the path. That's what I want in my life. That's what all of us ultimately want. We want to, want to live for God and see the, the blessing of living for God. But each of us are going to encounter difficulties in our lives. And, and many of you can relate. You, you know. You, you're sitting here, man, when I'm reading Joseph, you're like, dude, that is my life. I mean, that is me. I can relate to that. I, I see what you're saying, Pastor. I mean, betrayal? Oh, I've been betrayed. Lies? Shoot, yeah. Lies have been told about me. I've been lied on, lied to. I've lived a life of lies. Jealousy? Yeah, I know, I know what that's all about. People have been jealous of me and put me down and pushed me back because they were jealous of seeing me live. Ridiculed, lost my home, lost my family, accused of wrongdoing, living in bondage. All that, yeah, Pastor, I know what you, I can relate at least on one of those levels. I've, I've witnessed that in my own life. I, I've experienced that. I understand what you're saying. And, and, and for Joseph and, and for many of you in this room, the deepest hurt that will ever come in anybody's life, I'm convinced, the deepest hurt we'll ever have is when it's those closest to us. When, the, when a family member hurts us. Do you know what I mean, church? You ever been hurt by family? If you've got one, likely you've been hurt by them because we're imperfect people living in imperfect relationships and we can do some crazy things to one another from time to time with no regard for the outcome. So we're all capable of hurting. You might have been the hurt-er, you might have been the hurt-e, I'm not sure, but we see family hurt. And when it, when it hurts in a family, it hurts as deep as it can hurt. But Joseph... He, he doesn't let that hold him back. That's, not, that's a setback in some people's lives. It's a step forward in Joseph's life. He says, I'm just going to let God work this out. Because he's got a truth, and he's holding on to that truth. Let me tell you, hang on. Hang on. You, you might be in the lowest moment of your life. You might, some of you here are just in the highest point of your life. Some of you are in the lowest point. You're, you're hurting. You're living in hurt. You're, you're struggling. You're, you're, you're experiencing the worst of the worst you feel like. It's the worst you've been in. And, and you're just, you're at the bottom. I get it, okay? I understand. God understands way better than I do. He's going to show you how to watch and wait even when you're hurting. Even when it's hard, he'll show you. If you let your life be before him, he'll show you. The next thing we see in the life of Joseph as we look at this text is we see 
that he encourages us. He models for us the value of watching and waiting through the high times of life. See, Joseph was uh, sold uh, uh, to slavery to the, the Midianites as they traveled through, but then he was sold off by them to Potiphar's house to be a servant there. And um, look with me at Genesis chapter 39. I want to read a few verses, beginning in verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard, bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man. Oh, don't miss that. Many times we look at our success and we think it's us. Well, look what I've done. Look, look what I have accomplished. Boy, ain't, ain't I good? I'm so special. We, we'll look at ourselves and we'll think about what all we've accomplished. Let me tell you, Joseph knows where every good gift comes from. It comes from the Father above. That's what Scripture tells us. And we see that in Joseph's life. He, he understands it. But the Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now his master saw that the Lord was with him. That's another thing I, want you, I don't want you to miss here. Every time somebody got around Joseph, if we keep reading through the story, we find that when people were close to Joseph, they noticed God was really close to him. They saw God in Joseph. You know what I want more than anything for you? I want it to be that in the relationships you have on a daily basis with the people you come in contact with, they look at you and say, that is a man of God, that is a woman of God. I want them to see that in you. They won't see that in you unless you're surrendered to Him. But if you're surrendered to God and you're, you're seeking God with all your heart, you're going to find Him. And as you find Him, it's going to transform you. And as it transforms you, it's going to transform those around you. Uh, somebody needle pointed me a, a, something I said many years ago. I've got it in my house. It changed lives, changed lives. Right after I got here, I made that statement. Somebody put that on canvas for me. I love that. Changed lives change lives. They do. So Joseph has a changed life, and everybody he touches, he, he's, he's making an impact. On the master saw, the Lord was with him, and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in, the sight, in his sight and became his personal servant. And he made him overseer over his house, and all that he owned, he put him in charge. It came about that from the time he made him overseer in his house and over all he owned, listen to this, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on the account of Joseph. Thus the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned and in the house and in the field. So he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge. And with him, there he did not concern himself with anything except food, the food which he would eat. I'm telling you, this guy, he said, man, I'm not worried about nothing. You let Joseph handle it because Joseph is a man of God and God's blessing Joseph. And Joseph's, because God's blessing Joseph, I'm reaping the benefit. I don't want to mess up any of this. Joseph, the only thing I care about is what I'm going to eat. <laughs> That's all I'm concerned about. You to get everything else. I love it when, when there's people who are surrendered to God and God's blessing them. Those around them are being blessed as well. Is your life being blessed by God? And in turn, are you blessing others? Because that's what we see modeled here before us. You know, things are looking up for Joseph. I, I, know, I know more of the story than you do, too. Uh, Joseph might not have known it. He was fixing to go to jail. He was fixing to be imprisoned. Tough times were coming. 
But God was placing him divinely in the right place at the right time. Moved him from a pit to the palace. See, that, that's the thing you don't want you to miss about Joseph's life. He went from the pit to the palace. It didn't change him. It didn't change who he was, how he, how he responded. He held on to the truth that God gave him, but he went from the pit to the palace. And, and as he's sitting here in this high place, he's on his way to another pit. He's going back down to prison. And he'll stay there for several years. And, and you're like, man, that is horrible. But it's by God's design for his life. And, and I'm telling you, this is where a lot of times we lose it. Can, I, can we just be honest with each other? We look at our life circumstances, and I've heard this so many times in ministry. I, I've said it myself before I came to know the truths of God's Word. If God loved me, he'd never allow that to happen to me. If Joseph said that at every turn of the corner when things got tough, where would he be? God did love him. But God was working through life circumstances to grow Joseph, to to get him ready for a position, keep him humbled along the way, and, and, and use him for the glory of Israel. So we, we see Joseph go from the pit to the palace to the pit. And he is imprisoned. And God's positioning him precisely where he needs him because, see, the king's cupbearer and the king's baker were put in prison too. They did something stupid. And they got right there beside Joseph. But Joseph had won favor with the prison guard. And, and I'm fast-forwarding the story. And Joseph heard the dreams of these two guys and interpreted them rightly. And since he interpreted the dreams rightly, the cupbearer was released. The cake baker, he was killed. Or the baker, he was killed. The dream came to reality. The cupbearer went back to the king. And he didn't remember Joseph like he should have immediately. But two years later, when that king had a dream and he couldn't interpret it the cupbearer said ah yeah there's that hebrew dude in prison he interpreted dreams let's go get him and when he interpreted the king's dream the king put him in position to be second chariot to his own wow what a place of that's amazing what a place of service he he went from the pit to the palace to the pit to the palace and this time he's second in Charge of everything. And we see that Joseph is used by God to be a blessing to all of Israel. It was by God's design and his divine direction that God used Joseph through a word he spoke in his heart when he was a 17-year-old kid. And Joseph held on to the truth of God's word until he was in a position where God could use him to redeem his family. You know, we, we see Joseph, and, and we see this displayed. He never forgot who he was or where he came from. He always remembered that. And through all the power and everything he had, he followed the divine purpose of God. We see that. Now, in looking at this text... And walking through Joseph's life, there are so many more things I could pull out for you. But if I had anything to say to you and me today, we're going to experience high times. And we're going to walk through some hard times. We have truth of God 
spoken into our hearts. I've spoken it to you this morning if you've never heard it before. If that was the first time you ever heard it, you've heard now that a loving God created you. He sought to redeem you regardless of the sin that you've committed. He, he put Christ on a cross at Calvary in your place and paid, his, paid the debt for you. And he says in Psalm 103, verse 12, As far as the east is from the west, so far have I separated you from your sin. He's done that for you. He's done that for me. You've got truth. He's got a purpose and a plan for you. He will sanctify you. He will walk through the process of sanctification with you. He will lead you to be all He's called you to be. There's truth in this. But just like Joseph, you have to embrace it. You have to re look to God, recognize the value of a relationship with God, surrender your life to Him, live for Him, and watch all these things work out for the glory of not you, but the glory of God. And you'll go through high times, you'll go through low times. You're going to do that regardless, okay? But it's a lot easier to walk through the hard times, as Joseph did, when we're holding on to the truth of God's love and His direction. So my, my question to you today is, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you surrendered your life and your heart to Him? Are you holding on to the truth that He's spoken of you? And if so, are you surrendering every moment to Him and recognizing that the hard times are going to come, but God's walking with you through the hard times? And when you live in the high times, are you recognizing it's nothing but God and He gets all the glory? I don't know where you are, church. Those really, really matter in our lives today. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. We're going to have a time of invitation here this morning. And I'm just going to ask you to respond to God's Word. God's spoken into your heart. He's spoken into my heart. We have a, a responsibility to respond to the Word of God. So this morning, if you're looking to Jesus and you're like, I don't have that relationship, I don't have that truth, I've not nailed that down, I want you to do that this morning. I'd love to pray with you. There'll be other ministers up front. We'll pray with you. We'll talk with you about how that looks. If you're looking for a church home and a place to, to live your life in service to God, We'd like to talk with you about that. If there's other decisions you want to make, that's what we're here for. That's what this time is. And if you want to just come pray at the altars, you can do that. This is our invitation from God. Father, we love you and we thank you for your love. Move in our hearts this morning and let your will be done in each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. You move as God leads. We're here for you.
private employees. Uh, Heavenly Father, we, we give you thanks for the opportunity to come here today to worship you. Uh, we thank you for this message from your, your holy word, the message about the life of Joseph and, and what it teaches us. We, we know, Lord, that we're going to go through some difficult times in life. But help us to keep in mind that, that you're in control, not us. And we pray you forgive us when we let you down, Lord, and forgive us of our sins. And we pray that um, you'll take these tithes and offerings that we're about to collect and, and use them in a mighty way to further your, your kingdom here on earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> 